huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up, and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, I wanted to share the truths of entrepreneurship. Perhaps some things people don't want to admit. Perhaps some things that actually can really help you that you don't know and have 10 to cover. So 10 truths about entrepreneurship. Uh, A couple of things before I dig into the 10 truths about entrepreneurship is one, uh, do you deem yourself what is an entrepreneur? And then two, I guess what gives me the credibility to talk about the truths of entrepreneurship. So I believe anyone is an entrepreneur who has uh, big ideas, wants to create value, um, is interested in working, um, driving a vision. I was going to say for themselves, but we're all part of a team. But ultimately, you know, you're the, the tip of the arrow, uh, the spearhead, if you like. Someone who's prepared to be creative and innovative, to endure challenges, to make people's lives easier, faster, better and more convenient. I believe that is an entrepreneur. Now, some people say, oh, well, no, you're not an entrepreneur till you've made millions uh, and you're only self-employed. I don't think it's really about the measure of money. Uh, 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 The definition is someone who's prepared to take risks in the hope of profit. That's the kind of dictionary or Wikipedia definition. Someone who's prepared to take risks in the hope of profit. I like to change hope uh, as a word. Um, So are you creative, innovative, prepared to solve problems, problems that maybe your your inner emotions don't want to um, endure at the time? You want it to be easier, but it's not always easier. You rise to challenges. You want to create meaningful products and solutions that help Um, many people or help a few people but have high value uh, and uh, you're prepared to do what it takes to get there Uh, and you're prepared to be a leader uh, and uh, build and create uh, and you know take a lot of the brunt of the challenge I think that is what an entrepreneur is so I've been an entrepreneur now for 15 years um, failed the first three goes, uh, but the last 11 years, it's been a lot better. And um, uh, I have a property portfolio now. We have about 850 tenants uh, in our letting agency, and uh, half of those um, are ones that are renting from my properties. Um, and yeah, we have uh, some kind of interest or share in about 750 of those in terms of equity or capital, part, half or full ownership. Uh, my training companies do between 15 and at best 19 million pound a year in uh, 
top line revenue turnover. Um, I have my podcast, A Disruptive Entrepreneur. I've written uh, 14 books. Seven of them have my name on the cover. Seven of them I kind of ghost wrote or co-wrote for others. So I don't say that to go, whoa, look at me. I just say that because um, I think I embrace entrepreneurship and it's something I love and it's something that I feel like I can identify with. And uh, as an individual, I'm okay with saying I'm an entrepreneur, which may be 10 years ago, I wasn't comfortable with saying that because I didn't really feel confident in that. All right, then. So the 10 things I think that uh, the truths of entrepreneurship. So number one, and some of these are going to be very positive and some of these are going to be sort of looking at the honest downsides. Uh, so number one is it, I believe it's easier than ever to be an entrepreneur with the Internet, with apps, with, you know, your iPhone or your smartphone. Uh, you know, there's, there's virtually no friction now to be an entrepreneur. You need, don't need stock premises. You can have virtually no overhead. You can do most of your f marketing for free on social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, etc. You can have a podcast and be a broadcaster. You can have a YouTube uh, channel and be a, you know, a big TV um, broadcaster or um, <laughs> you, know, you can basically be your own Rupert Murdoch. Um, and a lot of people think it's a lot harder because maybe there's more critics, you know, or maybe there's more overwhelm or maybe our security is is harder to maintain there. Yes, of course, there are downsides of this um, fiber optic speed of light world that we live in. But basically, you have access to everything you need virtually for free um, or very low overhead. You don't need a load of staff. You don't need, you know, tens of thousands of pounds worth of loans from a bank. Um, that loan you for the rest of your life. So I believe it's easier than ever to be an entrepreneur. The second thing then um, is, an, uh, as I just defined entrepreneur, if I could summarize that, an entrepreneur is someone who has useful ideas. They've got to be useful. You know, the world's got to value them uh, that solve meaningful problems, i.e. Uh, problems that people perceive they need solving and make their life better. Um, and then, of course, you are prepared to take risk, i.e. not be paid by someone else, but you take the risk uh, in the search of profit and contribution. OK, number three, then, uh, on the 10 truths of being an entrepreneur is if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Uh, and therefore, you've got to embrace taking bigger risks, whether it's not having your bills paid or you know, perhaps losing capital or reputational risk in the search for a better, more meaningful contribution to others. And of course, um, the profit, which is your reward. Um, now, it's wise to take calculated risks. A lot of people talk about risk um, and go all in or go hard or go home. I'm not sure that that's smart advice. There's nothing wrong with taking risks, but protecting the downside, risking uh, capital you can afford to lose, but maybe keeping a little bit of a base so your mortgage is covered, etc. So you don't have to take risks that completely wipe you out. Otherwise, you have to start again and then it can put you back years. OK, number four uh, is if you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got to make profit. You're allowed to make profit and uh, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. You know, why should you give free coaching? Why should you give advice? Why should people not pay for your services? It's nonsense. If your business doesn't make profit, it's called a hobby or a charity. Now, if you want a charity or a hobby, I'm cool with that. I have some hobbies, not many because I don't have a life. I have a foundation uh, and I, I sort of maybe compartmentalise two, two and a half hours of my day to contribute, to give in the form of this kind of information on podcasts and videos uh, and one to one coaching calls and money and time building my foundation. They're the two, two and a half hours a day I'm quite happy to donate. The rest of it, I want to make money. Uh, and, and I want to grow a business and I'm OK with meeting my own needs as well as your needs. 
I interviewed Barry Hearn yesterday, who's obviously biggest snooker promoter in the world, great boxing promoter. Um, really, really successful. I think he's worth 80 million quid, something like that. And he said it's okay to be selfish, to want to be successful. I always wanted to be rich. There's nothing wrong with that uh, because if you can't look after yourself, you can't look after anyone else. Amen to that. Uh, that podcast episode's um, it's either coming soon or it's already been, depending on when this one goes live on the podcast. Okay, number five. This was a big shock to me, this one. Uh, so take heed of this. No one works for you. So when you set up your business, you do that because maybe you you don't want to take orders from anyone or you're unemployable or, you know, you want freedom and choice. And then you start to employ people. Maybe they're outsourcers. Maybe they're actual members of staff in an office or, you know, in in, in your little home office in your house. Uh, And then you get this perception that they work for you. No, no one works for you. Everyone works for themselves. No one works for you because they want to make you rich. People work for you because they want to pay their mortgage. They want to be able to do their hobbies and passions. They want a a pension or a retirement. They want some security. And they perceive that working for you is one of their best ways to do that. So if you ever pull out that card out of your pocket, you know, that trump card which says, well, you have to do this because you work for me, then you have lost and they will probably leave. Uh, And I did that maybe 10 years ago got angry with someone, said, look, you work for me, so you've got to do it. Um, and I built a lot of resentment to, uh, uh, to me from him. And he pulled out four of my other staff. We only had about 10 at the time. And they set up in competition. And I realized from that day, I'm never going to say you work for me. And I'm never going to expect that someone should do something just because I'm paying them. Now, of course, they make mistakes and you're paying them and you have to fix them and you're paying them. So you're, you're having to pay twice for a job that's not done properly. But that's up to you, your training, your onboarding, um, you, you sharing the vision. You've got to motivate them. You've got to get them inspired. Uh, uh, you've got to get them to work out what selfish needs are met for them working for your company. And if you want to you know, get the most out of them uh, and you really want to grow them uh, as a, a key member of your organization, you've got to find out what's most important to them and sell what you want them to do based on what they find most important in their lives and what they want, not based on what you want. That was a bit of a shocker to me, but uh, it's, the, it's the cold, hard truth. Okay, number six then, and this is a bit of a shocker as well. Uh, And I'm not saying you'll never get it. I'm just saying don't expect it. So do not expect any love. Do not expect the world to come and support and help you. Donations, charity, grants, you know, all that. You as an entrepreneur, give, 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 give to your staff. You know, give and make sacrifices for your family. Put a lot of value out there. You know, do a lot of work for a lot of people. And sometimes you can think... Fucking hell, who's giving to me? Sorry if I swore if you're listening and you're under the age of 18 or 7 in Peterborough. Um, you've got to give, 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 give. Where's the love? Where's the support? Where's the people lifting you up? Um, now, you, you can't expect that, but you need that sometimes and you want that. So you have to go and seek that out through mentors or you know, becoming a part of a mastermind group or something. But don't expect it um, because you know what? You have to take all the stresses and challenges at the top. And the great entrepreneur takes all the stresses of the cash flow issues and the marketing issues and the HR issues and the legal issues. They take all of that stress. They blo- they protect their team from it. Um, and then they keep inspiring the team and making the team feel like we're moving towards our vision. I'm not saying hiding truths, but I'm just saying that's our job to block out a lot of the challenges that, that would demotivate the staff. So you've almost got to be like this... Um, You've got to be able to take like a deflector shield almost. Uh, And, um, you know, a lot of the time when I'm in the office, I know that my job is to just walk around the office, giving compliments, motivating people, making them laugh, making them feel like they want to work for me. This this, what's this energy, this culture in the offices, because that that make 
That's product. That's productivity right there. There's nothing wrong with the audio. It's just me. So, um, you know, like I really want to enjoy what I do. I love what I do. And I want to enjoy it. Now, I know that, you know, every now and again, I'm going to have a hard hour or a hard day or a hard week. And that's OK. But most of the time, if I'm going to work, I want to enjoy it. And, for, and, and I want my staff to have the same experience. I think if they enjoy what they're doing most of the time and they like being there and they're around good people and we can have fun as well as make some money and do some good. That's the culture that I want to create. So I've got to block out all the difficulties I'm having and the shit days I'm having and still try and be this beacon of light to them. And that's not always easy. Uh, and I'm trying to develop that um, all the time, every day. OK, then. Number seven, money comes from solving big, meaningful problems, then scaling it to more people and increasing the prices and the profits. So that's how money comes. Uh, I've got a, a formula for wealth, which is value plus fair exchange times leverage. Value is what you give the world, the meaningful problems you solve, whether it's, do you remember when the birds used to peck the milk bottle tops uh, and you went outside in the cold morning and your milk bottle tops were pecked by birds and that was really annoying? Well, Tetra Pak solved that big problem. Do you remember the, the, the post-it note was a failed glue where the thing wouldn't stay on the desk or the computer or the wall long enough. But of course, that, that was the idea of solving the fact that you could just temporarily put stick things all over the place to remind yourself. So you have to solve the problems, the, the pains that your potential and existing clients have in a meaningful way and in a way that you can make fair and possibly growing profit margins. Uh, otherwise, um, you know, you have a hobby. And also then you have to be able to scale that enough so that you can reach the size that you want. OK, eight then eight truths about entrepreneurship is you will make many mistakes. If you're scared of making mistakes, you won't get out there and do anything. I promise you, no matter how good you are, no matter how much you care, you will make regular mistakes. And that is OK. Now, a lot of those aren't your fault. You get blindsided by them and then you learn from them. Some of them is because you're trying your best, but you haven't got the skills yet. But you will make mistakes over and over. All sorts of things will go wrong on your watch that isn't your fault that you have to take responsibility for because you are the head. This cannot be avoided. So if you're avoiding mistakes, you are avoiding success. So to try and obviously de-risk them, try and minimise them, try and make sure that your mistakes don't hurt people. They're morally and ethically from a good place. You've got good intentions. You just didn't do it as well as you could. Now, people don't care if you make mistakes. In fact, you can win them over when you show that you care because people don't care what you know till they know that you care. So I've found that some of my best clients have come when I've made a mistake, but then I've picked up the phone and fixed it or I've given them extra value to make up for it. Uh, and that's actually when you get to show who you really are and distinguish yourself from your competitors. But so many people out there are scared to do anything because they're scared to make a mistake. Now, there's different kinds of mistakes. If you're in an information type business or a training business, you're a coach or on social media, um, depending on what kind of coach you are, you know, you can make small mistakes and they're probably not going to hurt. If you're a dentist, a, a, a doctor, a lawyer, a pilot. Now, of course, you have to be much more careful because those mistakes can kill people. So your attitude to mistakes has to be, um, you know, sort of geared towards your model. There's a lot of people in startups that are, oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'll make mistakes. I'll lose money. I'll start again. I'll lose money. I'll start again. I don't want to lose anyone's money. And I take that really seriously. Um, but, you know, there, there are small mistakes you can make, even in very life threatening business models, you know, that still won't hurt people. Um, so, you know, just embrace the fact that you're not going to be perfect. And that's OK. People don't expect you to be perfect. People expect you to be honest. People expect you to care. People expect you to try and people expect you to fix problems. OK, number nine, then. Yes, you do have to work hard 
But if you want to sustain growth, you need to embrace working smart and leverage. So I say you have to work hard enough not to have to work hard. And there's a lot of these American influencers, you know, influencing the young generation, hustle, grind, you know, 100x. If you're not working 18 hours a day, then you're a wimp. Your lunch is for losers. I think that that's bad advice. Um, at least in a sustainable fashion. If you're in the position where you're living with your mum or you haven't got many overheads or kids, you can go and, and grind it out and work hard. Um, you probably will burn out. It's probably unsustainable. But if you want to get ahead in a fairly short period of time, it's okay to do that. But then there comes a time when you have to pivot where you're working hard gets in the way of growth. Because if you're working 18 hours a day operationally, then you can't train staff, you can't uh, implement your systems and strategies, you, you can't create a vision, you can't create a culture because you're too busy doing the doing. So by all means do the doing, but um, at the start, maybe spend one hour a day on strategy. And then uh, six months down the line, two hours a day on strategy. And what you find is the billionaires spend nearly all their time on strategy and virtually none of their time on operations and tactics. Um, but of course, you can't be this big strategic dreamer and actually not get stuff done. So it's a bit of a paradox. Um, yes, you have to work hard, but you must embrace leverage and working smart if you want to grow. Um, okay, great. And then finally, 10 the truths of entrepreneurship is you must innovate. You must embrace change. You must be able to see the upsides in the challenges and the downsides. You know, there's new regulations. There's threats of economy um, corrections and Brexit and, you know, like presidential elections and whatever else that can affect markets in the very short term. But ultimately, in the long, long term, these things usually pan out, play out, wash out. Uh, and what you usually have um, is um, equal upsides to downsides, but you just saw the downside and not the upside. Now, um, over time, companies like Coca-Cola went from sort of more medicinal to refreshment type drinks. Um, Rolls Royce were always in aircraft before they were in um, automobiles. Uh, and if you look at a lot of companies that have lasted 100 years, um, they're, they're usually not the same as they were. Lamborghini were tractors before they were sports cars. So, you know, Innovation, change, even, even change that you see as a downside has an equal upside and you must embrace that. Um, and, you know, in this world now, which is changing faster than ever, it's probably true to say that the only constant is change. OK, so I'm, I'm given feedback that people like the summaries um, because, uh, you know, I talk a lot. Uh, so here's the summary of the 10 truths about entrepreneurship um, that I think it needs to be shared with the world. Number one is it's easier than ever to be an entrepreneur because of the Internet, high um, light speed fiber optics, apps, your iPhone, you don't need stock, premises, loans anymore. You can just get started on free social media. Number two, uh, an entrepreneur is someone that has useful ideas that solve meaningful problems. They create the solution and then they monetize it for profit. Number three is if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. So you need to take calculated downside protected risks and embrace risk. Number four is if you don't make profit, then you're a hobbyist. So it's OK. And you must make sustainable profit because sustainable profit can be reinvested into creating better products and services. Because if you don't, your competitors will out innovate or improve you. Number five, no one works for you. Everyone works for themselves. Find out what they think is most important to them and then influence and lead them based on what they want, not based on what you want. And they'll do what you want so they get what they want. 
Okay, number six, don't expect any love, support, handouts, grants, or anything else. You give, 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 give in the world. Take, 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 take. But that means you're becoming a leader. That means people are inspired by you. If you want help, you've got to go and ask for it. You've got to seek out mentors and coaches. It won't just fall in your lap. And sometimes I wish it did. Sometimes I think I'm going around giving everyone else love. What about me? What about poor me? Uh, Yeah, what about poor me? No one cares. Okay, number seven, money comes from solving big, meaningful problems and then scaling it to more people using my formula for wealth, value plus fair exchange, which is um, your profit and their value times leverage, which is obviously more people, national, global, um, international. Okay, number eight, you'll make many mistakes, embrace them, make them, de-risk them, don't make killer mistakes, but make um, plenty of small incremental mistakes. People don't care what you know till they know that you care. So when you make mistakes and you fix them, they'll love you even more. Okay, number nine. Yes, you you have to work hard, but you also have to work smart and you have to leverage to grow. So in the end, you can work so hard that you get in your own way. And then number 10, you must innovate. You must embrace change. All change has an equal upside as well as a downside. So whether that's regulation or tax changes or Brexit or some kind of... um, economic correction. They all have equally balanced upsides. You just have to seek them out. Okay, so thanks for tuning in to this Disruptive Entrepreneur episode and live video. If I can help you in any way, let me know. Um, Ping me a question in the Disruptive Entrepreneurs community on Facebook. Tag me in. Um, I'm I'm pretty active on social media, uh, uh, so I will be happy to help you. Uh, You just search Disruptive Entrepreneur Community on Facebook. You'll find us there. There's 11,500 of us now who listen to the podcast in that group. But there's millions of listeners across the world of this podcast, so... You need to get yourself in the group um, because this is where we keep the dialogue going and where I can answer your questions personally. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.